Welcome, 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 welcome to the Illegal Talk in the Back podcast. Uh, no idea what episode this is. It's got to be like five, six, eleven. Six. We're going to go with six. Makes us sound better. This is the sixth episode. Even if it's the fifth, we don't give a fuck, Dan Herman. Um, I'm joined today. By the uh, the original crew, I believe, uh, hailing from Pittsburgh, we have uh, Mr. Chris, the Big Apple, representing the big guy, as he stated, Mr. John. Boys, let's taste it. Thanks for having me on the show once again. Yeah, it's good to be here this week. Gonna play some Boomer Sooner in honor of uh, their playoff uh, appearance. Boomer Dang. Sooner is that song? Uh-oh. I don't need to hear it again. I will not play it again. It's okay. No, I just—they kind of overdo that song, in my opinion. They play like every first down. It's literally like every first down. You know. I went to the Texans game on Sunday, and they have to announce to you every single first down. They have to go, that's another Houston Texans. Everyone goes, first down. I'm like, and I'm, you think that might go on for, like, the first quarter? No. It's the whole fucking game. You ever go to a, I mean, they do that at Penn State games, too. Not as much, though, do they? They play Zombie Nation, like, after every play. <laughs> <laughs> Three-yard gain by Swinnick. Um, yeah, I I guess that's fair. Say, didn't you complain about the Steelers doing the exact same thing? Because they do do the exact same thing as apparently the Texans. I'll tell you, the Giants, maybe maybe we just get less first downs and I just don't notice it as much. (laughs) But, uh, you know, at Giants games, you're used to going like, oh, what the fuck, Eli? And then like, watching a kick you know and it just it breaks up the mood a little bit you know so that's what i'm used to forgive me we haven't won in a while done anything in a while i mean by now what the fuck eli is just probably a team cheer basically yeah you basically have two camps you've got like the eli camp like and you've got like the eli's a he's old and he sucks he's a fat fuck you're like all right you know whatever I don't know, um, but um, yeah, getting past Boomer's Theater and uh, the cheer that I'm ragging on the Texans for that apparently every team in the country does. Um, I don't know. College football is basically officially swan song in it for the year, except, well, there's one game that we will cover. But uh, conference championships are done. Bowl games are mostly set. Um, I get is Army already in a bowl game? Is that how that works? I'd imagine they're in the Armed Forces Bowl. That's where, that's where the highest ranking. Uh, yeah, that's true. Army Navy team goes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We haven't really looked at bowls yet because they don't start until the fifteenth. We'll look at that later. Um, but yeah, bowls are set. Championships are set. Uh, I don't know. Basically, everything we thought would happen happened. As far as championships, um, except for possibly the performance of Georgia, 
uh, or the old. Can we recognize on the record my impeccable picking last this, week? This is, this is true. So Chris, Chris did pick the Utah-Washington State game to be a, quote, ugly game, calling it a 10-7 to affair. Obviously, it finished 10-3. to uh, And then he called the Oklahoma-Texas game a 38-28 affair, and I believe it was 27-39. So we've got to tip that, our hat. I also said that the Georgia-Alabama game would be a classic. Yeah, no, I would say it's a classic. So I am on, I'm on a roll. Yeah, definitely on a roll with your picks. Uh, definitely need to tone down your ego. So <laughs> work on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Oklahoma, I guess everyone's kind of has their dick hard because Oklahoma played defense for like a quarter at the end of that game. And everyone's like, oh, my God, they can do it. I don't really think that... Uh, and then obviously now the whole like SEC is like, see, we told you Georgia should be there, you know. But anyone have thoughts? Interesting thoughts? I guess we don't have to. We don't really have to talk about fucking Clemson. But I mean, like, what are what are my interesting thoughts? Like the number one and number two team in the country hasn't changed in sixteen weeks. Yeah, it's true. It's true. exactly it's exactly where where they're supposed to be, and. They're both favorites in their playoff game. So it's going to be another... Are we going to get another uh, rematch here? Is this, this will be round three in four years? This will be part four. Because they played in the semifinals last year. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually saying... and now this is, I'm just going to totally aside the conversation here. But I was saying to my dad... Um, I was talking about this. I was like, I think this whole like eight-team playoff debate is much louder because of the Alabama Clemson issue because it's really like for everyone else in the country it's basically a two-team playoff like I don't have any problem with that I I still don't because you know they've they've won their games yeah I'm just saying I don't know go ahead sorry they've won their games and they you know they make the playoffs every year and they're clearly worthy of being ranked one and two in all of those years because they've I mean, um, yeah, I think Georgia uh, played a close game with Clemson last year, right? Really close. Yeah, and you know, like it's not like Clemson got blown out any of the years they were in there. Wait, did Georgia play Clemson last year? It was Georgia, Oklahoma. Georgia, Oklahoma, and Clemson, Alabama. Uh, Alabama kind of smoked them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Georgia Oklahoma was a was like a unbelievable game. That yeah, that's like what, that's what I'm thinking. This game, yeah. Um, no, but I I I don't know. I think that the the problem that you have here basically stems down to um, like I think this whole like eighteen playoff blah 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 is just so much louder because you like you're guaranteed at this point to get a team from the SEC. You're basically guaranteed for that team to be Alabama. Um, you know. Um, and I don't know. I, I think if that were like, if there was like any, like, oh, it could be Florida, oh, it could be Mississippi state, oh, it could be Texas A&M. I think the, I think the, the, the noise would be a little bit less loud on, as far as the playoff. Um, cause it's kind of like, it's kind of like what's gone on with the NBA. Like, you know, I think this year, like, hopefully finally we see like some, well, you're gonna, you can't see Steph versus LeBron in the finals anymore. Right. Um, 
like or LeBron versus like you know Golden State, OKC, or Dallas, you know, or San Antonio. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of ranting right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. I hear a lot more of the chatter this year about expanding the field, but to tell you the truth, I'm just not a very big fan of it because like that Alabama-Georgia game, instead of being for everything, it's just a tune-up for the playoff because both those teams would know that they're getting in to an, you know, an eight-team field. Yeah, I mean, I, the only one that I actually agree with would is uh, I actually like, well, it's, I, I, I'm okay with the eight. I also really like John with his 16 playoff advocacy. Because I, I think that that one, like, one and two suddenly become really valuable, you know? Yeah, like if, I, I, if I could just butt in for a sec, um, if Georgia did win that game, it wouldn't just be meaningless because Georgia would likely move into two, and uh, they, they'd uh, take a bye in that scenario with the 16 playoffs. No, I'm fine with six. I just am not a big fan of eight. Because at least eight it gives you more value. Change. For the, for the top two, and I'll say again that I, I mean I, I'm fine with the 14 playoff format as it is right now. I would just be okay with the six team. Yeah. But if they decide to keep it the same, I, I, I don't, I don't care. This is great football right now. Yeah, I'm getting great games every year. I think I, I will tell you. I think the year that I felt the loudest, the loudest for the the expanded playoff was the and obviously this is going to sound biased but it's not necessarily all because of this but the year that Penn State got snubbed i do think like that year you really could have made a case that like USC Penn State Oklahoma were all playing really really freaking well toward down the stretch um and it would and obviously given what happened to Ohio State like hindsight being 2020 it feels now like maybe that was a year where like I could see the expansion this year. I definitely see a pretty severe drop off. Um, really outside of the top two teams, you know, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I guess you can make a case that like Georgia, Georgia kind of proved it can compete at the top of the, the top of the game. But I, you know, I agree. They had their chance to get through and they, they didn't do it. So, you know, you go out and you win the game. Like, I mean, you're playing the it, game in the state of Georgia. Yeah. Tua gets knocked out of the game, and you think that you deserve to have another shot at Alabama? I don't think so. Yeah. This is the only. The, we just gotta hope for this. We gotta hope that that like Clemson Notre Dame is like a good game, and that Oklahoma Alabama is like an okay game, and that Clemson doesn't get their ass beat in the in the final. Because if that happens, then everyone's going to be like, see, we were told you Georgia should have been in. You know, and you'll be like, oh, well, of course. But I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we cross it. I don't think anyone projected Georgia-Oklahoma to be as good of a game as it was last year. Not at all. So me personally, I predicted a blowout by uh, Georgia. But it was a lot closer than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like the year that that Ohio State didn't put up a fucking point. Like, who who called that? You know, I mean, find me that guy. I didn't call that. Um, you know, I thought Clemson was a much better team, but I didn't think that. I didn't think that. I thought it was going to be pretty close. Um, but I don't know. 
I guess we'll get so that kind of bridges into like, I mean, just in general, you guys think the committee got it right? Would you have made any changes? Would you have put the Buckeyes in? No, I, I think they got it perfectly right. Other, anything else than this, I would be pretty pissed. Uh, you know, Kirk and David Pollock were really beating the drum of that Georgia should be in because they're one of the four best. And that just would have been a big mistake. I mean, I sort of already touched on it. Um, and Ohio State, just not enough consistency for me, you know, especially on defense. Uh, yeah. You know, they have the really bad loss. Oklahoma has a loss to a, you know, a pretty decent Texas team. So that's what the difference is for me. And I think uh, it's, it's a pretty clear cut top four, at least in my opinion. The only, thing, uh, the only thing I'm really upset about is even remotely upset about. Um, I, I was okay with the top four. I think that that's what they should have done. Um, I mean, I probably would have put Ohio State in front of Georgia, but that doesn't really make much of a difference <laughs> as far as uh, the bowl uh, outcome is. Um, but I am a little upset with UCF being left out again. And I, I just, I don't know what it could possibly take to get a group of five team in the playoff. I, I, re, I just really don't know because what are they at 26 straight wins now? And they, they get no love. They went, they went undefeated and they won their New Year's Six Bowl last year. They come in again, go undefeated, run the damn table, but they had to start the season at 21. Like, you'd think that a team returning, I mean, uh, they lost their coach, but returning most of their starters, and they finished in the top 10 last year, they go back, they go all the way down to 21. For reference, Florida State was preseason ranked higher than they were. UCF had to climb all the way back, and they still only got to, what, eight? I think they're at eight now. And um, yeah, they're playing in the uh, the Fiesta Bowl. So I, I, I just don't know. Like, what's the criteria? Because if you switch Oklahoma and UCF, I don't think that the I don't think that Oklahoma blows them out more than UCF does. Maybe in a few games, but the the benchmark of uh, of a good team that doesn't play a good schedule is did you win all of your games by a lot? And I think that they did that. Like, played a couple close games down there, but you know, pe- people have bad games, but. For the most part, their offense was on fire the whole season. I think that the committee has shown me that they don't have any respect for this type of team. And if you're not in a big five, you're like the uh, Power Five conferences, like you just don't really belong no matter what you do. Yeah, I'm, I'm inclined to agree that <clears throat> I think what you're seeing with UCF is, is like brand matters, right? So. You know, like you said, like Florida State, like I get Florida State will will come in with a preseason ranking next year somehow. They'll be like 24th, you know. Well, I mean, look at it again. UCF, after their undefeated season last year, they tried to drum up a bunch of press saying, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to claim this title. Like we we have Bama, like we're better. We're the only undefeated team in the nation. And then they went out and did it again and they have nothing to show for it. So even... Even their brand, to the extent like they want to draw publicity for themselves, it's just not good enough. Yeah, I I always go with the example of like I think that some of the stupidity of this, and and obviously like 
I think we'd all agree that Gary Patterson is like a really, really good coach and that's a contributing factor. But, you know, TCU was in the Mountain West and then entered the Big 12 and had like two consecutive 11 win years instantly. No like lag time, no like, oh, they can't play with the big boys bullshit, right? They came into the big bad conference and they and they did really, really freaking well. So um, I, I think sometimes the group of five are kind of disrespected just because it's easy to. Um, I will say it. I mean, if they go out and they beat LSU, they'll have gone out and beat the third best team in 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 what people think is the best conference for two consecutive years in a row. Like at that, I don't know how many more. I agree with you. I don't know how much more they have to do. Um, you know, if they come in next year with a with a similar group of personnel and start beating the shit out of people again, you kind of sit here. It's like how many times they got to prove it. You know. Um, yeah, there was a story today I saw on ESPN where uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey was saying that UCF should look inward um, with, about their strength of schedule and try and schedule better games, which sort of, to me, is ridiculous for, for a couple of reasons. One, the SEC, most of the SEC does not, we discussed this in a couple of podcasts ago, does not schedule very good non-conference games. Another thing is, UCF has already been saying for years that they're willing to play anyone, anytime, anywhere, and no one is willing to play them. Yeah. So they're they're just kind of kind of screwed in that regard. So you know, hopefully they can get you know a nice like week one showdown against some blue blood team. That and if they do that and like destroy them. And then, in order to, and then go undefeated, that's the only way they would ever, I feel like, get I, to the playoff. But I, I gotta, it's too hard I, to schedule that kind of game. I also hate this, like, the interjections that these idiots make about scheduling games as if, like, that happens in the following year. It's like, these games are scheduled out five years right. in advance, dude. Like, like Rutgers scheduled Washington, like, two years ago, not realizing that Washington was going to go to the freaking playoff that year, right? Different Husky team they thought they were going to get. Like, you don't know what you're going to get that many years in advance. When we scheduled UCF to come to Beaver Stadium, we didn't realize they had Blake Bortles. Like, and they would go out and beat Louisville. Like, you have no idea, especially when you're looking at these these uh, group of five teams. Like, you have no idea what's going to be there year over year, right? And there's sometimes, like, you see it. It's like, oh, like, Alabama scheduled Michigan. Well, that could be a great game or that could be a freaking blowout depending on the year, um, you know, so it's the whole scheduling argument just kind of drives me nuts. I'm like, if they can't do anything, if you're the lag time is years out. What do you want them to do? You know, I don't know, but sorry, I could you off there, John. Yeah, I, I was going to say uh, pretty much exactly the same thing. Like, but you, you have to be, you have to be dominant for so long in order for scheduling to, to pay off. Like Boise State was capable of doing it, like when they were uh, scheduling. Um, I believe it was Oregon. Is that the Lacara right? Plunk game? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and even then, like that, they kind of got lucky because Oregon wasn't a powerhouse when that game was scheduled. They, I mean, I, I don't know the exact year that it was scheduled in, but it had to have been three or four years before. And the Ducks were, you know, they were maybe a top twenty-five team, but they weren't like a national championship contending team every year. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just such a crapshoot. And like, I guess the only, 
the only option that UCF has as a group of five team is to try to become a power five team. <laughs> it's like literally the only option I see for them is to just join the ACC. Like that's it. You know, figure out your way into the ACC and go out and beat Florida State, you know, every year and get some notice because of it. Because it's the same thing. Like Florida, Florida's nine and three last this year. Last year they were four and eight. Auburn's classic example of this. Auburn like won the national championship, went like five and freaking seven, three and nine, and then went back to the national championship. You have no idea what you're scheduling. Not a clue. Right. Teams are variable as shit over years, right? The and turnover rate is it's not like it's not like the NFL. Like the t- you have a guy for, for two years and then he leaves if he's good. Like, yeah. You have yeah. more people coming in every year. I, I don't know if the turnover rate is uh, higher or lower in the NFL, but you'd have to think that like if you get a star player, they're only they're there for four years maximum. Yeah. It's 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 not like uh you know, if you find a star in the NFL like, you do everything to lock them up for their whole career. Yeah. As I say, like, didn't Troy beat LSU last year at LSU? I believe so. I think that years ago. No, I'm pretty sure that was last year because it was Coach O's first year. Pretty sure. And so you think about that, you're like, all right, well, Troy went out and they beat LSU. They just did it on the wrong year. (laughs) Like, you know, I, 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 sometimes you look at this stuff and you're like, the scheduling argument. I'm like, the only thing I think you can do, and this is the only, the only thing I can think you can look at with scheduling, is you can look at teams that have a lot of power, uh, i.e. the top, whatever, I don't know, quarter of all the Power Five teams have the capacity to schedule non-FCS schools, right? They, they can go into meetings across the country and get whoever the heck they want in the group of five, right? Or maybe they get another Power Five, but like the lower half of it. Right. So that's where I look at the SEC and I'm like, you have no excuse for these FCS schedulings. Right. These are literally we'll pay you a million bucks so we can beat you games. That's all they are. Right. To say they're not is bullshit. Well, look at teams like uh, look at teams like the poor uh, Appalachian State Mountaineers. They they scheduled they they scheduled out of conference very well, like top 10 team Penn State. And they go to overtime with Penn State. and they lose one other game the entire season and they're not ranked and they're in the, what, uh, the Boca Raton bowl. No, I'm not. I'm, I just, I kid, I kid. They're in the new Orleans bowl against middle Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. It, I don't know. It, it, it really is like you take, you take a top 10 team to the brink and you almost went out and you can't get anything but the new Orleans bowl. That's <laughs> true. It's it's just a classic. I like brand matters. Like I think, like you saw that with this year with Texas, with the whole like like jokes about is Texas back, and it's like that the whole the whole premise of the, the is Texas back joke is like is Texas just being completely overranked because we want Texas to be back, right? And you're like it's well, the same treatment of- that Miami gets every year. Every year, yeah, you know, and then they go out and they lose by thirty to somebody, and you're like, okay, Miami is in fact bad, you know. Um, I'll even Penn State gets it too. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that we don't like. You know, I, I think. Well, I, well, I would say that the games we lost this year we, were the games we should have lost. I. I don't. I'm like, like I look at the rankings. I'm like, I don't know if we're better than Washington State. To be honest with you, right? 
I don't know if we're better than a lot of these schools. Um, but I think I want Bama. You, <laughs> I will gladly not have Bama. You know? I think that I think that Penn State's ranking is is appropriate. You know, yeah, they they played a lot of close games, but they lost. You know, they lost to Ohio State, although it was at home. They lost them by one. They had a, a little mishap against Michigan State, where that was a, that's a winnable game. So I I don't know. Best case scenario is they they have two losses to Michigan and Ohio State, two teams that are better than them. Yeah, and yeah, you know, um, it, it's. I mean the the App State game is ugly, but I think that shows more about how good App State was that we really didn't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, the one thing, the one thing, um, what was I going to say? Oh, this was interesting. I was listening to uh, I this like you know, I don't really like the guy, but I kind of like some of the points he makes. But I was listening to Joel Old Joel, and he made the point that at this point, what the committee's been doing this what for like four years now. Um, and he said, he said, he's like, the way that they look at teams, you can look at their pattern is it's not, they don't do it based on best. They do do it based on most deserving and most deserving is assessed by who had the highest floor, which if you look through the years, you're like, yeah, that does kind of make sense. Like Oklahoma, Ohio state, same situation, same record, both conference champions, Oklahoma had the higher floor, right? The better loss. Same thing for Ohio state last year. Right. Um, you know, and then the year before with Penn State, same argument. Right. Penn State wins out hot streak, lower floor because that Michigan loss. Right. So every year that there's been a dispute, they go with the team that, that lost by less points in, in, in whatever the, the loss that they had. So regardless of the schedule. 2014, where like Ohio State had that home loss to VT when they weren't very good and then TCU. I can't remember who they lost to. Let me look it up real quick. But it was it was a much better loss. Well, see, then this comes back down to I think I think I think branding is king. Branding probably comes before that. And that TCU, was an issue of um, that was an issue of the committee just showing no love to a Big Twelve conference that they thought had no defense. There was a TCU was like five and Baylor was like six. And like they, were, the they were they um, were rewarding Ohio State for their dominating victory in their conference championship um, yeah. with, with a third quarterback. The ever-living shit out of Wisconsin. Which, t- looking back on it, was ridiculous. Yeah, so yeah, they lost at Baylor that year. Um, but so yeah, that, that was one that sort of befuddled me, but I, I guess from there, though, you're pretty right that it has been more of the the yeah, better good. loss sort of teams. Exactly. The one, and that's again, but like, look at, look at it this way, right? Like Oklahoma, I think you, you go back out of, out of the big 10, right? Like if you had to think of like teams that the committee like, or that the, that on the national level, people like to talk about, like they would be fine seeing Ohio state. They'd be fine seeing Michigan. They'd probably be okay. Seeing Penn state, maybe Nebraska actually, which we haven't, seen in a while but wisconsin last year was undefeated and still couldn't get, like i don't know if wisconsin ever made it into the playoff ranking maybe the last one before they lost you know but it took them like all year of being undefeated to crack a four spot last year so it just goes back to branding like i, I can guarantee you if the pac-12 had if, if usc had washington state's record this year they would be in a better position 
it, 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 it's all branding, you know. Same with Florida State, you know, even Florida, you know. I think that's why they're they're as highly rated as they are. So, I don't know. Um, it definitely. I just wish. I just wish this. I wish that the committee. I wish they did away with this stupid language of quote unquote best and just put in something that said like most deserving based on these criteria in this order. I so then, completely, completely agree. Whether whether you agree with it or not, like you know, like if I because I, I said to my dad, I was talking about that. I was like, if if I know that a bad loss and a, and the margin of a loss is gonna fucking kill me. Well, I'm not going to pull my starters if I'm down 20 with 10 minutes to go, right? I'm going to keep them out the, there. That was the big argument with the BCS was that it required teams to keep their starters in the entire game and blow out every team as much as they possibly could. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that the computer model and and also the 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 coaches and everyone else would look and go, "Oh my god, they're so much better." And it was like the reason why we have the playoff now is to get rid of that line of thinking. And I think yeah. that's still where we're at. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, like this team puts up pretty offensive numbers. Yeah. It's, and that's like the, the other, the, the flip of that too is like with this whole like eye test thing, I just go back. I'm like, you know, it depends on the year. Like whoever's in that committee, it depends on the year. Like the people that appreciate offense are going to look at Oklahoma and go like Kyler Murray is, He's put up the best, greatest numbers ever, blah, blah, blah. You know, people that appreciate defense are going to look at, you know, other teams, right? They're going to look at, you know, a Georgia or Michigan and go, oh, that's the way you play football. It's the whole eye test thing. I even look at that. I'm like, it's so subjective, man. Like, it's hard to call even. And I've heard this argument where, where people said, oh, well, Notre Dame's Notre Dame's style of play is not designed to blow teams out. And I'm like, oh, okay. Now we really get into a fucking conundrum, right? So if you don't blow teams out because it's not your style to, it's like, okay, all right, you know, <laughs> like, I, I don't, I don't know where we, I don't know where the buck stops if we start bringing this type of shit in there. Like that's like a Stephen A. Smith argument. Like it's impossible to dispute, you know. I don't know. I just, like I said, I wish that they would have clarified the friggin' language. I think it all goes back to this would be so much simpler if they just said what we're looking for. It, this is the priority of what we're looking for. And clearly what we found out and what I think everyone assumed before this happened, everyone assumed that a conference championship would have been a little bit more of a big dick swinging thing to say. And clearly it's not. So I, I don't know. You know, yeah, I, I would. It's, I think it's, they got it right this year, though. It's different. It's different every year. You know, the um, things that they value and things they don't. Like the first year, it was conference championships or everything, and then uh, no, not really. So, but I do agree. Like this is the uh, the era of style points. I think it's more important than ever to blow teams out as much as you possibly can. Uh, yeah, and, and also with Notre Dame in the mix, and meaning that there's there's three of five conferences eligible. Like, you really need to be you need to do some level of dominance in your conference and win the championship more than likely, if Notre Dame's going to hang around. You know, 
I think the current setup was done by design for that exact reason that they don't want to give a clear cut test because that leads to criticism. So they're trying to do it the other way and it's leading to the same amount of criticism because they they don't have a real standard and you can't even look at it from year to year and say, Oh, well, yeah, this is what they're looking for because they did it two years ago because what they did two years ago is not the same thing as what they did this year. It just, it, it, it kind of baffles me that it's just it's so subjective, but I guess that's the way they like it because you don't really have to answer to anybody then. You can't, if they mess up when they have a clear-cut test, it, it looks a lot worse than what it does now. They can just say, oh, you know, well, this is what we value this year. And frankly, I think that they rely too much on the preseason polls, and they need to like really, really look at it um, and give like their final. They, I, I feel like they don't give their final ranking um, every week. They 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 can look at a schedule ahead and kind of predict like where they believe a team is, and instead of looking backwards, uh-huh. they they do that way too often. Where they begin? What are they begin in week nine or week eight? Oh, week. Week ten. I just looked okay, that up. Week ten they start. I think that they they look at what what the team was before instead of what they think the team will do going forward. It's just not and and you see it you only see that at the end. The very end of the season is the ranking where they go, Oh, okay, this is what we think they'll do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's I don't know. I, I just I agree with you. I think that the the problems that are going down here is just that you have 13 people. They're all human. I'm not blaming them for being human. I just think they have no criteria to go off of. Um, and they're basically tasked with this very nebulous goal of putting the quote unquote best team in, you know, or the best teams in their opinion. You know, and obviously in their and hey. In their opinion, I think that they're doing the right thing. Um, but sometimes even you hear, you know what? I also, I think the coaches on that committee, because you even hear it from the people that are non-coaches, are like, "Oh, you know, when you sit down with them and you watch film with them, like they really tell you what's going on." And I'm like, so clearly the coaches have more influence here because you guys just listen <laughs> yeah, to their shit. Running. Yeah, they're just like, "You should go with Georgia," and you're like, "Didn't you coach at freaking Florida?" Um, you know, <laughs> like. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to beat this topic into the ground too much, but you know, I, I will say this year, this year out of out of the previous years, I think the committee did the right thing. Um, they put in the right teams. Um, I just think it's it, nobody's really. This will. Be, I will say this. I think this thing gets a whole lot more interesting if like Nick Saban retires and Alabama falls off, and you know Oklahoma starts to get some real competition in the Big Twelve, and you know, like Ohio State, Penn State continues to be this thing with Michigan there and the West gets better. And just parity, parity across the all the friggin' things gets more interesting. I think the playoffs across the board, like at four teams, I'll, you'll be a lot more happy than, than what most people are now. Because, you know, as it stands, it's like there's two slots, right? With Notre Dame, there's one slot, you know, that, you know, 90 something percent of the country is playing for. So... We'll have to see what the coming years, you know, hold. I I don't know if Nick's ever going to retire. 
I hope he does at some point. That motherfucker. <laughs> all these goddamn championships. Um, we'll cover we'll cover old Urban in that in that vein a little later. Um, but uh, wanted to move on. I guess in in light of uh, in light of uh, Jalen Hurst basically winning the game for Alabama. What's your guys' thoughts on uh, old Tua Tortellini still getting the <laughs> uh, still getting the Heisman? Or are you Kyler Murray people? Well, I had to look up the uh, Vegas odds for the Heisman right now. And uh, Kyler Murray is out ahead. Is he? Um, yeah, he is the odds-on favorite now to win the Heisman Trophy. And I have to, have to say I agree with that. I mean, I understand that Heisman is a most outstanding award and not a most valuable. Because obviously, Tua is can't be the most valuable player if the team goes and wins his best game. Uh, their biggest game, like without him, he's clearly not all that valuable or, or not the most valuable. But even if you're going to go with that outstanding, whatever you want to call it, criteria, I still think Kyler Murray has put together a better season overall. Um, so, yeah, he's my the, pick. I totally agree with you. I know it, it stinks as a listener to, to just hear people agreeing with each other the entire hour that we're here, but uh, you're exactly right. Um, this most outstanding standard, even with that standard, Kyler Murray, it, he, deserves this, he deserves it. He had 40 touchdowns, and he also put up nearly 900 on the ground. 4,000 yards passing, 900 on the ground, 51 total touchdowns responsible for. Like, the guy had an outstanding year. And I know that you could knock his conference and say, well, you know, not a lot of teams in that conference play any defense. But I, I don't know. I don't, I, don't see any, I don't see any issue with, like, um, his quality of opponent as opposed to uh, Tua. I... I I think that they um, that defense is down nationwide, and just because one conference may have uh, poorer defenses, I don't think that should go against him. It, he had an unbelievable year. It's a shame that he's not pursuing football in the future. Although I think it's a smart choice, uh, money it's wise. A, it's and a genius choice, dude. He's <laughs> got five million guaranteed. Why the hell would you not do that? Five million guaranteed. Like the sport's not as dangerous. I, I don't think he'll have to worry about any brain damage. Um, yeah. Better job security. There's, Fully guaranteed contracts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, No, like if you have the choice between playing baseball or football, like it, it's an unbelievably easy choice that you should play baseball. The only issue is like it. It is like they're. I don't know the actual stats, but I'd have to say that you're more bust prone in the MLB, especially working your way up the ranks. Um, and he's, uh, it's not a guarantee that he'd be a great NFL quarterback because he's only listed as 5'10. He'd have to have Is he a, an outfielder in the, in baseball. I believe so. Yeah. I, I think, think he's an outfielder. I think he's like a right he's, fielder uh, or something. He, he, uh, he throws lefty, right? Does he? I don't, th- I think he throws I righty. He threw, I thought he threw righty. Yeah. I thought I read an article about his dad. Uh, or I saw on game day, I thought his dad uh, made him become a lefty because he was a lefty. Or am I thinking of Tua? You might be or, thinking of Tua. 
Or is it swinging the bat? Lefty. I don't even know. I don't even know at this point. It looks like he throws righty. Okay, we're looking at photos. Got it. All right. Yeah, that's that's all that's all I think about that. Who's the other finalist? Um Dwayne. Is it Dwayne? Oh, oh, oh. He he had a phenomenal year. I, I got it. I was gonna there. I was gonna make a dark horse argument for Dwayne, because the dude had freaking forty seven touchdowns this year, which is pretty ridiculous. Most passing yards. Yeah, he threw more picks than both Kyler and Tua. Obviously Tua threw like no picks. Um but the one thing I got to give to Dwayne is for an Ohio State that had a really lackluster rushing game, this dude, you know, basically went out there and, and, and won them 11 games. You know, I mean, defense didn't help a whole fucking lot. They let teams just drive down the field and he had to go back out on the field. And I think, yeah, if you look through the uh, the uh, Dobbins only had like three games this year over 100. Wow. So Ohio State's rushing across the board just not the strongest. I mean, I think that's pretty well known. I don't think Dwayne would win. Will win. I, I you know, I, I think that you look at overall efficiencies. Murray's better. Um, but if I just look at how reliant is a team on, uh, on I mean, I'm just looking at it right now. He threw the ball 496 times, completed. 348 of those, which is a 70% completion percentage, which is pretty freaking ridiculous, you know, for a team with young receivers and no running game and winning 11 games and going to the Rose Bowl. Like, I, I got to tip my hat to that, you know, in, in a conference where, you know what, it, it is cold and shitty a lot of the time and the defenses are probably significantly better. And you know what, you put up 62 against supposedly the best defense in the country. So, Dwayne, you probably won't win the Heisman, but I would I would strongly consider throwing my vote that direction if I was in there. So, but yeah, I would agree. I I think too. Do we all agree here that Kyler over Tua though, more than likely? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, best, I best player. He he was the the uh, he put up the best numbers, and I think that's what they're really looking at. Who puts up yeah. the best numbers on the best team? Yeah. Yeah, I do think Tua. If you like, Tua has a little bit of that, like that. He had like a little bit. I mean, less so, like less than Manziel, but he had a little bit of that, like quality of like that dude just makes plays that you're like, how the hell did he just drop that in the bucket? You know, and that can definitely like sway your vote by watching him. Yeah, but, they always say that. Um, you know, you're you're padding your Heisen resume. You always see a coach do that where they design the uh, double reverse where their quarterback uh, goes out for a pass mm-hmm. kind of like a, a Philly special play like you see that run by every Heisman candidate they, um <laughs> and, and that that that's true for just about every season like, yeah at, at least like since I started really paying attention um well Jason White yeah I was going to say back to back to like Jason White and Matt Liner like that's the stuff that they used to run yeah, yeah. I'm going to bring up Matt Leonard later, by the way. Um, not directly, but sort of. Having Tebow um, do those uh, strange jump pass throws. <laughs> yeah, it's the only pass he could throw. 
Um, <laughs> unless it's against the Steelers. Yeah, unless it's against then the he Steelers. Can throw an, it was essentially a nice, the easy same 10 pass. pass. It basically was the same pass. He just didn't have to jump because it was very yeah, obvious. Yeah, just a little no bit more zip on it. Um, well, great. We don't have any contentious thoughts on that. Kyler, you're likely going to win the Heisman based on, uh, based on our... Uh, I think that there will be people out there that do give uh, Tua some first place votes, but I don't think it, I don't think it'll be that close. Yeah, the one I mean, Kyler Murray, the, he's just fun to watch. I think from a full on like athlete standpoint, like he's his feet are so quick and he makes like really, you're just watching a guy that makes really good decisions all the time. Like the one thing I can accredit Oklahoma for in that big 12 championship game or championship game was they actually slowed down to win the game, which I did not think that they could do. So, you know, credit to you, Mr. Riley and you, Kyler, like you actually took like 10 minutes on a drive, which was impressive. I'm not going <laughs> to lie, you know, but it was literally like they would get to like third and eight. Kyler Murray makes it happen. New set of downs, two minutes off the clock. Like I- I've got to, I've got to give, uh, got to give credit there. Um, and I think it will be cool, you know, to see uh, to see those two square off um, in uh, in the the first playoff game. Uh, I'm sure Nick. I'm sure Saban is like freaking out about their Alabama's overranking in his opinion. He like hates that shit. He'd rather he'd rather the media like constantly say his kids were arrested or something, you know, versus praise them. <laughs> Um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything else to talk about the, uh, the stuff that's already happened. Uh, if not, we can shift over to the thing that's gonna happen, which, uh, is the, the war of wars between two warring factions of the same side, the army Navy game. I don't know what edition it is. I should know this. Oh, Jesus. I'll go out on a limb and say it's their 1890 127th meeting. That's really, really, really fucking close. It's the 128th. (laughs) Wow. Unless unless they didn't play for a year, which is very possible because you know how that shit goes down. Um, but uh, where where is this game? Is this in Annapolis? Lincoln Financial Field in oh, Philadelphia. In Philly. Interesting. Yeah, that's the, where they that's where they hold it every year. Definitely well, not, they moved not it every around. year. They they move it around a little bit, but it's been in Philly for the past like three or four years. Yeah. I was yeah. I was researching this while you were off gallivanting. Yeah. Hey. Um, free breakfast is free breakfast, man. man. <laughs> um, yeah. So. Chris and I did a little bit of research on this uh, before we started recording. Uh, Army is a seven-point favorite, uh, although they are having a significantly better year than Navy. Um, but this game's always a fun one because you just watch two dirty running offenses just run into each other and get concussions, and it just makes you feel good. You know, it's basically been the game has been played the same for over a hundred years, and they don't want to change it, and that's kind of awesome. So. Um, I don't know. I'm looking at the Army uniforms this year. Eh, not the greatest. Let's see if I can find the Navy ones. But if anyone has any thoughts, I'm going to get right down to the nitty gritty on this. So you know, Army coming in nine and two, having a great year. 
I did a little looking on on their statistics, a little breakdown. They actually have a, like a top ten passing offense in terms of efficiency, which I guess is because they never throw the ball, and then it's pretty much a trick play when they do. Um, but their do their quarterback threw for like nine hundred some odd yards this year, which I think is pretty impressive for a flex bone team. Uh, and you know, so you know, overall, uh, they've been getting it done this year. Uh, proud of those guys, those arm me rangers. Uh, and so I am going to. I'd like to team. interject that the army rangers are a different faction with they the military, are... not the army. <laughs> <laughs> Never call an army ranger and be like, us, oh, you're the army. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. The army, uh, Black we're the Black Knights. Knights. <laughs> All right. Well, when when I uh, created their well, when I revamped their uh, program in NCA fourteen, I did change their name to the Army Rangers. Um, <laughs> That's what I I mostly was making a reference to. Um, but yeah, I got I got Army covering this. Uh, probably went about by ten to fourteen points. And, 10 yeah. to 14. 10 to 14. Wow. And uh, Trump's going to be there, so if you're attending the game, be sure to get there early to get through security. It's my, yeah. it's my advice. My uh, a short short story about this Army Navy game. When I was in tenth grade, I had this uh, history professor, and he decided to tell us about his uh, previous Army Navy uh, game experience. I think his game was in Annapolis, and uh, he he says that he uh, he was shopping beforehand and he uh, got a, a three pack of golf balls and forgot to take it out of his pocket he's going through security and they they feel his pocket and he said the next thing i know i was on the ground and i had guns pointed in my face they thought that his three pack of golf balls was c4 and they uh they really uh gave it to him for a while and you know, fortunately, he was able to make it to the game, but that's a it's a scary thing. Uh, getting guns pointing in your face. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, don't try to bring golf balls into the Army Navy game this year. Um, as far as the picks go, uh, I, I think that Army wins this one. They're the better football team. I know that you throw the record out the window in this type of game, but Army has a two-game win streak. I, I don't think it's going to stop this year. And they're wearing all black uniforms, which I kind of approve of. So that's my pick. Wow. I'm, I'm just reading. I was looking at some interesting things within the Army-Navy series. And within World War II, Army was ranked number one in the country from 1944 to 1946, which seems really strange because you're like, aren't they supposed to be in a fucking war right now? But it would seem that behind the scenes, Army Navy, unlike the other schools in the country, did not cancel their programs for the war, war effort and elected to go out and uh, grab that national ranking. So, you know, that's an interesting little fact. Which well, they saw never... their opportunity and they took it. Yeah, they're like, nobody would suspect us. That's part of that kid. World War II propaganda. You know, they had to have the Army be number one in everything, <laughs> <laughs> including college football. Yeah, they're like... Princeton, cancel your program. Join the war effort. So Army just keeps climbing that fucking ranking. Um, 
And the other thing that I found, which I found very interesting, was I was telling this to Chris, was uh, within the Army-Navy game in 1893, Joseph Mason Reeves wore what is widely regarded as the first football helmet uh, because he had been advised by a Navy doctor that another kick to his head would result in intellectual disability or even death. So, pretty well, I mean, badass. You, could, you couldn't just miss the game. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's the Army Navy like, game. You know, he was like, put some hide on your head. That should help. You know. <laughs> 87 of the 118 games that have been contested in Philadelphia, including. Every game from 1932 to 1982, excepting the three that were relocated due to World War II travel restrictions. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. And then in 1983, they moved it all the way out to Pasadena. That's That's like a travel for both teams. That's stupid. The Polo Grounds holds the record for the most games hosted outside of Philadelphia with nine. Huh. Huh. Um, Yankee Stadium hosted the game a couple times. Uh, it also just says New Jersey has hosted it, Giant Stadium a couple times, and uh, Princeton hosted it a couple times. Maryland, M&T Bank, Landover. Wow, they they uh, they re- they really uh, diversified a little bit. They're going well, back to Giant Stadium in 2021. Who the fuck actually wants to go to like West Point to watch a game there? Like, I don't want to do that. I would. I would. That's fuck my hometown that. team. <laughs> <laughs> we we reiterate how far up in Manhattan are you? It's, um, it's, I'm 30 minutes south of West Point. Yeah, you're really not that far. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I would agree. I think uh, I think Army gets this one, continues its little streak they're building. Uh, I think they cover. Uh, I will tell you, I'm awarding it right now. Looking at these uniforms, it's not even close. The midshipmen, by a mile, uh, just annihilate the spread on the uniforms for me. Um, I will tell you, in the past, I've given it to Army. So, you know, don't call me a, a homer. But, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. So I've always a been a game. fan of, uh, of Army over Navy because, you know, they're just more practical um, from a defense strategy standpoint, uh, at least in this day and age. I, I, they, they've at least, you know, moved into, like, the drone field where, you know, I think that Navy is kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're on stagnant water, not really making – Many moves through the through the water these days. Uh, Try to get as many puns in as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I actually asked a guy who's in the Navy. I was like, I was like, if I was thinking about joining the military, like, what would you what would you recommend? He was just like, well, do you like boats? And I was like, say I'm indifferent to them. He was like, don't join the Navy. I was like, that's pretty simple, pretty simple assessment, you know. Do you want to live on a ship for like months? I feel like no. there's a lot of other occupations you could take up uh if you like boats, other than yeah, joining yeah. the armed forces, but you know, I, I You could be like the brother in bloodline and run a marina and then kill yeah, someone. You know? Exactly. Do a bunch of coke all day. Yeah. Seems like a, seems like a good time. Just be like John, John, oh I don't know where you are, John. 
<laughs> that guy is so infuriating. I wish they killed him. All I right, wish- I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess we can't. We're not really going to dive into the uh, reviews of Bloodline, but maybe, uh, maybe after the season's over, I'd be willing to talk about how ridiculous it's, that show was. It's over. Oh, the football season. That's yeah. Yeah. It was good, though. First season was good. Next season was like, I don't know. And the third um, season just went off the fucking rails. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anything else on Army Navy? None for me. Army is one in ten lifetime at Lincoln Financial Field. The win oh. coming last year, so I, I think that they'll they'll pull it off. Hmm. Hmm. I wonder if George H.W. Bush will be there. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Um, that was a bad one. <laughs> oh, and you're, you're in Texas, too. <laughs> I know. I could have gone to his funeral, like his little uh, walk by. I was like, I don't want to wait in the rain for that, though. You got the invite? No, you just get to go, I think. No, not the funeral. You, gotta, you had to be, like, you had to be star-studded. I wasn't star-studded enough. Yeah, they... Um... They asked me to go to uh, Arlington, but I I declined. (laughs) Um, I said I have finals this week. Yeah. You know, it's funny is my my roommate texted me when he died and she was like, George W. Bush died. And I was like, what? And she was like, look it up. George W. Bush died. And I was like, holy shit. I told my girlfriend that I was like, I looked it up and I was like, Oh, H.W. That's a huge distinction. Like, <laughs> oh, that one. I was like, you can't. And I told her, I was like, you can't throw out W. Bush. Like, that's not how this works. Yeah, it's not like. Uh, it's not like. Uh, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, it's not like Ken Griffey. Yeah. Like, yeah. You kind of you kind of know you're talking about the son when you say Ken Griffey. I mean, not to, not to take away anything from Ken Griffey Sr., but. Yeah, it's like saying, "Oh, yeah, like Michael Jordan is the star of Creed." (laughs) You're like, "Holy shit! I didn't know we had the acting chops for that." And then you're like, "Oh, Michael B. Jordan, I got it." (laughs) Did you hear Dale Earnhardt died? Long time ago. It's a long time ago. (laughs) Um. Yeah, but the law of the short here, if you're going to talk about the president's people, please use the full name because it could get confusing. Really, actually, only that's like the only one that I guess could get confusing, you know, unless yes. we get another. It's sad that he's not doing the coin flip for this game. That's true. I'd love, so to good. S- I'd love to see him just sort of toss it up and not flip it at all. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he accused of uh, harassment at one of those uh, coin flipping events? I believe he touched a butt, if I'm not mistaken. Which, like, I so before he because he was like, a, I was he was in a wheelchair though. Like, what's he gonna do? Tap on somebody's shoulder? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah, either just... tapping on the butt or you're you're doing a trump and you're going by the front, but <laughs> going by the front. Again, family-friendly yeah. podcast. Excuse me, man. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Excuse yeah. me. I'm going to get around. Dude, I have can a theory. Out, can we edit out the sound I just made? I don't believe so. <laughs> I think it's recorded forever. 
Yeah, no, he definitely, he definitely did get accused at, and I, I think it was like a, it was like on stage at a conference. He like was taking a photo and he grabbed some booty apparently, which, like he's the president. Like the him guy. and him and Mark Cuban. Cuban, Cuban, Cuban grabbed a booty in a photo. Oh, or, I do remember that. Allegedly, uh, dude, every single one of these guys. If it was in a photo, it's not really allegedly. <laughs> well, whatever, allegedly. <laughs> I don't know. I think this all the time though. I'm like, if you documented like me doing, I wouldn't want to know. I would not want to know. You know, I don't know. Point is, I have a theory on this that all these guys that are getting accused, they're old and fat and ugly. And if they weren't, they'd be in a better position. I'll bet you what, right now. What are you, what are you trying to say about Neil deGrasse Tyson? He's old, fat, and ugly. I'm not, oh you know, my god. You know, guys. He's also hunk. he's a little bit of a pompous guy now. He's he's like a little bit too hot on his little space quest. <laughs> fucking shit. It's kind you of pissing me off. You think he flew too close to the uh, uh, center of the universe, or the, too, flew too close to the black hole? Uh, I he might have. You know, I there's a really nerdy physics things I want to talk about right now, but I won't. I'm gonna avoid it. Nice. Just came out this week, and I'm not going to talk about it, but I really want to. Um, what else we got to talk about? Uh, well, if, oh. we, if we have time, uh, I have a, a nice little oh, quiz portion little, for you. Yeah, let's uh, do the quiz. I, I trust that uh, neither of you have any notes open, or you're looking at any uh, statistics right now. I've got something. Open. We'll go. We'll go on the honor system, and I'll I'll, I'll uh, give. Chris, the uh, first crack at these. Uh, I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name a bowl, and you're gonna tell me if it's a real bowl or not. <laughs> this is a good one. This this we were literally coming up with bowl names two, just two weeks ago. So I'm curious. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I don't know. I feel like I could do pretty good at this game, but you never know. Sometimes they trick you. Okay. First one. Gander Mountain Hunting Bowl. Ooh. It sounds so plausible, but I'm going to say that it is not a real bull. Alex? Uh, that does not, no. I think it, there's a Bass Pro Shops bull, so I feel like that would be conflicting bulls. All right, you are both correct. Gander Mountain Hunting Bull is not a bull. The next one, one for is one. the... Match.com date bowl. <laughs> that is definitely not a real bowl. I would say that's certainly not a bowl either. Yeah, you're both correct. All right. <laughs> I, I, maybe if it, like, it was date the fruit? Yeah, that's what, like, that's what the pun is. Oh, <laughs> you see, I just understood that. <laughs> Match.com was like, we need to get in on this. All right, that's pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> The uh, red box bowl. That's a bowl. That is a bowl. Yeah. You you just copied off me. No, we talked about the red box bowl, didn't we? Damn. Yeah, we might have mentioned it. Yeah. <laughs> the cheese it bowl. It's a bowl. Cheese it bowl is a real bowl, and I want. I I saw it, and I thought. Fun. I thought that's the number one bowl in the country. Damn, you guys really, you guys really know your shit today. How about the uh, Nabisco Ritzbits Bowl? 
again, I think that would intersect with Cheese It, you know. I, I don't think that's a real bowl either. Maybe if you hadn't come up with good enough uh, fake ones here. I feel like I've just read the list of bowls a little too closely. But we'll see. Are there any more? I thought uh, you were going to. Yeah, go ahead. The uh, Stewart's Cream Soda Donation Bowl. <laughs> there's a lot. There's a lot going on here. Stewart's Cream Soda Donation Bowl. Yeah, that's a real bowl. I'm going for it. I want to say it's not a real bowl. It is not a real bowl. Yes, <laughs> finally took the lead. <laughs> it was just, it was just so ridiculous. I, I had to go for it. It did sound plausible. I never even heard of Stewart's Cream Soda. It's like. It's like the Bad Boy Mowers whatever bowls. Like I never even heard of that sponsor. Yeah. Well, you just uh, spoiled my next one. The oh, Bad Boy Motors Garsprilla Bowl. That is a bowl, right? That that is definitely a bowl. How about the uh, Dollar General Bowl? I think that's also a bowl. That that is a real bowl. Yeah. You guys, know your shit. How about the Kadoba Akai Bowl? We know this is not a bowl because we came up with the Kadoba Bowl on the podcast. Did we? <laughs> you weren't yeah, here for it, but I, I was saying it. the Kadoba Queso Bowl. Damn. How about the, uh, let's see what we got here, the Maker's Wanted Bahama Bowl? I, I think that that's a bowl. I feel like that's a fucking bowl. I think there's definitely a bowl in the Bahamas. I don't know so what Maker's yes. Wanted is, but I, is it like Maker's Mark? I don't even know. Final? Final I'm going to go with yes. it's a bowl. It's a bowl. Yeah. Oh, it's a bowl. <sighs> Still perfect. How about the Betty Crocker Valor Bowl? Ooh. Now I'm torn. I'm going to pull a Chris here. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that that's a fucking bull. I do not think that that is a bull. Oh, you're back to being tied. That is not a bull. <laughs> yes! Damn it! Son of a bitch. I knew it. Isn't there a Valor Bull, though, or something like that? There's like a uh, Valero Bull or something. Oh, I, fuck. I have no Valero idea. Valero Alamo Bull. I knew Valero. Yeah, that's probably what it was in my head. The Walmart Bull. It's not, not a bull. Not a bull. Damn, guys, he's got ten of these so far. It's pretty good. I got, I got uh, two more here. I got the, uh, got the Pez Bowl. <laughs> Should be a bowl, but is not. I could just imagine like the giant dispensers of like each team's helmet or something. Like it, it would be really fun. But like I don't think come Pez... out of a Pez. Like that's what the tunnel is. It's a Pez dispenser. Oh, yeah, that would be really fun if they came out of a Pez dispenser. And then, like, each person was sort of like an individual piece of Pez. Like, I don't know how that would work, but um, I'm all about it. But I feel like Pez's marketing budget now is probably, like, 50K a year. Like, I don't see them out, out marketing the product very much anymore. It's more of a nostalgic product now. So, How about the Nova Home Loans Enchilada Bowl? No. That is a bowl. There is a bowl called the Nova Home Loans Arizona Bowl. Oh, oh Chris. Oh. 
Oh my god. Oh. Apparently they'd much rather have a bowl of Arizona than enchiladas. Um and that does it. Alex wins. Oh, I thought I thought I had it. Alex I, wins by one. I was focused on the Nova home loans and not on the enchiladas. Speaking of uh, interesting bowl sponsors, do you guys remember when Battlefrog bought the Fiesta Bowl for one year? Do you yeah. remember this? Yes. And I just looked it up. Battlefrog like basically folded. Like <laughs> they just like like they're like not a company anymore. Like everything that they have just sucks now. <laughs> like I that might have been the most ridiculous marketing idea ever. Like What's in the budget? Well, we could do like a bunch of social media stuff. What if we go buy the Fiesta Bowl for one year? <laughs> Fuck it. Why not? Like, <laughs> did uh, 38 Studios buy the Fiesta Bowl? Or are they in line for that now? Dude, the Fiesta Bowl, like, it's changed hands since 1986. It only changed hands uh, four times before that. 38 Studios, by the way, is the bankrupt. Uh, name for uh kurt schilling's uh software development company uh, you see it sounded familiar that's what i thought it was but john am i mistaken by the way this is a total side note in in believing that that the xfl was just re-announced oh yeah that's been yeah. ongoing for about where, a year where have you been i i i you know texas i haven't been watching the tv much yeah you know, vince mcmahon took like a ton of his shares out of wwe to bankroll the new xfl yeah wow about a hundred mil or something right or or i think he took out an extra i think he used a hundred million of his own money but uh took out an extra 25 million from his stock in wwe i want to say and uh they're hoping to uh spend about half a billion dollars over the next five years to develop another league they're uh What's their primary? Oh, the the they came into existence because of like the whole like kneeling for the anthem thing. They're like basing their entire sport on like we will make our players stand for the national anthem. Like, the only and nothing's going for them right now because I think that the NFL basically did that over the summer. Yeah, basically. It's gonna say like <laughs> you know, XFL. Vote for Trump. <laughs> um, wow. Apparently, Jersey's getting a franchise, which is pretty cool. I have to become a big XFL fan for sure. Oh, I'll be at all the games. I'll be a, I'll be a season ticket holder for sure. Yeah. If you got five bucks, you got it, buddy. They're worried about how many people will fill their... Like, MetLife Stadium has an 82,000 capacity uh, stadium. Like, not going to get that many for... a XFL game. Wait, they're gonna play at MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. Oh my That's god! True. I might they're have gonna, to try. To their uh, Los Angeles team is playing at that like shithole that the Chargers play in, so it's like only like twenty thousand, and they're worried about even filling that. So, like that—that's where we're at. Where with the uh, New York, New Jersey team, huh. that's gonna have to uh, at least give the impression that they're filling an eighty-two thousand seat stadium. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, just hire some ringers. Fuck it. The they'd have a better existed. shot at they. They'd have a better shot at existing if they just made the XFL like an arena league. Yeah, but 
even arena leagues fail. It's true. Um, well, considering just to kind of reel this in, um, we basically talked about what we want to talk about, but there's always one more thing. There's always one more thing. We'd like to sing a swan song to you, Urban Meyer. You can go fuck yourself because you suck. All right, we're talking about why Urban Meyer sucks and why Ryan Day sucks and maybe why Ohio State sucks, but I, I'll take Ryan Day. I have, I have a personal ven- vendetta against that man. Not really, but I'll tell you why he sucks. Uh, he stole my that. wife. <laughs> yeah, he fucked my wife back in 92. Um, yeah, obviously Urban Meyer's retiring. Uh, I'll tell you why it sucks, because I wanted to beat him one more time. You know, he's got to he's got to retire with this amazing record again. Again, people can't have the freaking joy of beating him down and watching him freak out on the sideline. That's like 80 percent of the fun of beating Urban Meyer. So. I don't know. I'm sure we'll see him in a few years somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's nice to see that he retired, but he usually does that because there's a scandal coming or. In his case, this scandal kind of already happened, and then his team was uh, unfocused against Purdue, apparently, because he covered up a scandal. Uh, I I, I don't understand, Um, but, you know, at least he has the convenient excuse of the health concerns all the time, which I feel like I've mentioned week after week here. Uh, (laughs) It'll be nice to see uh, Urban show up uh, in the Pac-12 in a few years. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, good, good to see him at USC. It like seems like he researched well, his his record um, for every job that he takes. It looks like it gets better. I don't have the st- uh, the numbers offhand, but I feel like he retires, then takes on a new job and has a better win loss record at the new job. Uh, <laughs> so it seems to me like he realized, you know, um, Big Ten starting to uh, accommodate for our dominance. He went eighty-one and nine at uh, Ohio State. Like that's that's pretty ridiculous. And his just, conference record is even crazier. Yeah. yeah. He just wanted that single-digit loss to stay where it was. <laughs> it's like I can't get that tenth loss. It looks so, so much worse. Well, it could certainly happen in bowl season here. But it's like Washington, right? Yeah, Washington. He's one eighty-six and thirty-two for his career. Holy shit. I just think it's going to be interesting when Terrell Pryor kills someone and we're going to have had no knowledge that that was a thing, you know, Pryor. Okay, so, I mean, not counting his two seasons he spent at Utah where his win percentage was 92. <laughs> um, he went 22-2 and two there. Uh, he started at Bowling Green. His, he went 17-6. and six, and Then he went to Florida went 65 and 15, increased his win percentage to 81, and then went to Ohio State and spent, what, seven years there? Wow. Seven years he spent there, he won 90% of his games. Yeah. It took, it, took him to, it took him until his fourth season to lose a conference game, and he never lost more than one conference game in a season. Did you, did you say that he had 32 career losses? Yes. That's ridiculous. So he has, he has one more loss. Then Mike Loxley, Maryland coach Mike Loxley, who uh, is three and thirty-one as a college football coach. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, but he had a very good season as offensive coordinator of the best team that could could not possibly fail at anything. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I don't know. I will tell you, I think that uh, I think that Ryan Day, in my opinion, I think he's inheriting a lot, obviously, at Ohio State. But I'm not a believer in these like young offensive mind principle that's going on. I'll even I think Lincoln Riley is going to go through some troublesome waters. When Kyler, when Kyler's leaving this year, right? That's the plan. Yeah, he's gone after this year. So if Oklahoma has like a slightly like they're think about it, they're gonna have two Heisman quarterbacks in a fucking row. I want to see what Lincoln Riley can do without a Heisman quarterback, right? You know, it's the same thing. Like we've read this book before. Like, oh, Ryan Day, he had a tremendous year as an offensive coordinator with Dwayne Haskins. Great. Oh, Lane Kiffin, he got the job at the Raiders because he fucking got to coach Matt Leiner. Like, I've read this fucking book. Kingsbury is another one, right? He gets the job because he had great fucking offensive performance with uh, Johnny Manziel. Another Heisman. So I'm like, these young coaches are supposed to, like, I, I don't believe in the offensive coordinator that had the tremendous year with the Heisman-level quarterback taking over their head coaching job. I just don't see it working out longer term. So I would tell you, my bet is Ryan Day gets fired within like two or three years. That's wow, that's a bold caller. My bet, calling it right now. I'll tell you, Lincoln Riley becomes tremendously unpopular. He, he'll probably still win like eight or nine, but I think that Oklahoma's going to start to dud it up a little bit. I was pretty shocked that they went immediately to Ryan Day um, and didn't at least bring Matt Campbell in, considering what he's done. At Iowa yeah. State, turning that program like around from being a horrible loser to um, well, top twenty-five, and he has ties to the Midwest and is coached in Ohio. Did he coach Toledo? Right. Um, I think he's Toledo. Those guys, see those guys like Scott Frost. I believe in him. Matt Campbell. I believe in him. Like I believe in the coaches that are young, but they actually were a head coach somewhere else, and they had to like manage that head coaching thing. Um, or the, all the all the responsibilities that go in as a head coach and had to like turn a program around, right? I'm not as much of a believer of when I get to see like an offensive coordinator who is working with a shit ton of talent, and then we suddenly believe that he's able to do that somewhere else. I'm like, I don't know about that. And what happens? Yeah. These these are college kids. Like, what happens when you get a quarterback that's half as good as the guy before? So, call him right now. Ryan Day, two or three years. He's out of there. It's hard for me to hate on Urban. Am I still on the line here? Yeah. It's hard for me to uh, hate on Urban. Sorry, I was getting a phone call. Because the guy, like, he went 2-0 and in bowls uh, at Utah. He went 5-1 and at Florida. And he's currently 3-2 and here, all in... New Year's Six or BCS Bowls. Um, it's He's only ever finished a season unranked one time with Florida in 2010, and that was that weird season where he like, gave up halfway through, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. Um, I, I mean, the only thing I could say other than the guy's like pretty spineless and just seems to leave whenever the hell it's convenient for him. Um, I, I can't really say much else because 
the guy wins, and that's really all that matters. Yeah. He'll get another job. It doesn't matter. You know, he, he's got to do something really terrible for for someone to actually consider like, or not consider him for a job. Yeah. I don't, I mean, at this point, you have to imagine, given the, given the, the set, the Zach Smith scale, like, this is, this is a prime time to just, like, call it quits. Like, like. The guy's uh, only 54. He'll be back. I don't, but why? Like, Mac Brown, like, got ousted from Texas. Like, I don't really feel, maybe this is an ousting and we don't really know what's behind it. But, like, I feel like this is a. Given the given the way that the year started with the scandal, this is a this is a like we're like literally not we could be talking here if if Ohio State went six and six, we would be talking about oh you know, you know starting off with the scandal this was just not Urban's year and we're now talking about him like you know like this old patriarch decided to put it to rest like it's a pro- given how bad this could have been from a PR standpoint. This is a perfect time to just get out of the game, you know, like Ohio State. Yeah. Did they have their best year? They probably have one of their as far as like like performance on both sides of the football. One of their worst years in a long time. Right. But they went out and they still won 11 games. So, like, I don't know if I'm him. I'm like, dude, I skated out of some bullshit and I'm done. You know, I'm going to go buy some real estate, you know. Flip houses, get on HGTV or something, you know. Urban urban development or something. <laughs> urban developments on HGTV. Yeah, I was gonna say is that his new uh, HGTV yeah. show after the Brothers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. He could. He could. There's so many good things he could do with his name. He works know? in the planning department for downtrodden cities. You could just see. You imagine. You imagine Urban on the phone, like talking to a contractor, like pacing back and forth, just like freaking the fuck out like <laughs> i guess in a way every time he retires uh he's working on urban development <laughs> could he replace ben carson as head of hud what could he replace ben carson as the head of hud well no knowing, way, knowing the way things are going i could i could see it you know i could definitely see it i don't know i mean it just feels annoying it feels like he got away, that motherfucker, you know? Like, if we beat Ohio State next year, it's just not going to be the same. That's how I feel. I think That's the man my... most pissed is Jim Harbaugh. Oh, Harbaugh's got to be fucking livid. If I'm Harbaugh, I'm like, I, I, I'm not fucking my wife. For I'd, be, I'd be, like, jumping for joy if I was Harbaugh right now because it, it just opens up a lane for Michigan now because he could not be... He just couldn't beat him. It, it, it was it was sad. He can't. Yeah. It, I, I I never you know hate to see Michigan fail. Like I I love when they lose, but I also love when Ohio State loses. So I I don't I'm kind of torn. It, it, it'd feel- be nice to uh, see Michigan. Uh, I don't know. I, I think. Um, <laughs> I I think that Ohio State's had its turn. You got to give. Harbaugh, Michigan, a couple of years of greatness, because Michigan hasn't been uh, a consistently good team since the Appalachian State game. Basically, they're still suffering. They're still in PTSD mode from that freaking blocked kick. 
Um, yeah, I don't. It's just I don't know. It's like the same thing. If I'm like LSU and I don't get one more chance to beat Nick Saban, like if he just retired after this year, I'd be like, "Fuck, motherfucker!" Like, you know, it's just. It's like if Ohio State goes like eight and four next year, and then it goes like eight and four the next year, and like Penn State or Michigan wins the East, it just doesn't feel the goddamn same, you know? No, it will not feel as glorious for either us or Michigan. Yeah. They always say Harbaugh couldn't beat Urban Meyer. He's always going to have that against him, and he probably will never get the chance. It's like when Penn State, uh, did they beat him the uh, Luke Fickle year? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah. I mean, it was nice to beat Ohio State, but they weren't really Ohio State that year. You know what it feels like? Have you guys ever seen Hot Rod? I, I have. Well, do you know the concept of that movie, Chris? Do you ever know the concept of that movie? No, I don't. He, I've seen it. I don't even know the concept. So he me. needs. He's he goes out to raise a bunch of money. His dad or his stepfather has like terminal has like some sort of heart issue and it's going to be like 50 grand. So you can get a like transplant to save his life. And his stepfather like beats his ass all the time. So Andy Samberg goes out and he does all these stunts specifically to raise all the money so that his stepfather can't die so that he could still beat have like a few more chances to beat the shit out of him. Cause he's like never beaten his stepfather in a fight. Like that's <laughs> how I feel. Like, I feel like, I feel like you're kind of like, you're like, no, like, put it up one more time, Urban. We're going to do this. Like, I feel like if I saw him in a parking lot, I'd have to challenge him to a fist fight. Just to, you know. You personally? Yeah, I got to win. I got to win. You know. We had our win in, in 16. And it was should glorious. Should have had two more. For Penn State, I feel like it's notably, you're like, you're like, ah, we were fucking this close to just three-peating this asshat. And now we'll never get, like, we won't get to avenge it, which is kind of, I mean, we'll get to avenge it on Ryan Day, who I, like I said, in my opinion, is going to suck. But I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, like I said, I'm assuming we'll run into Urban in the Rose Bowl eventually. When's the USC? So, or fuck, I don't even know. When's Nick retiring? <laughs> That would be fucking hilarious. There's no need for him to retire. Like the Alabama's just on autopilot. <laughs> just what if Nick reti- how how mad would everyone be if like Urban just like went off? He's like, oh, I'm an ESPN analyst. Do 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 do. Like three years down the line, Nick's won like eight championships since 2008. He's like, yeah, I'm calling it quits. Like I'm gonna go like you know live in my giant mansion or whatever, and then like. Out of the woodwork, Urban Meyer's like, I'll take the job. I was like, fuck, god damn it, this asshole. <laughs> I mean, it, that actually feels plausible to me. It feels, it just, I could see it. I could fucking see it. And with yeah, the- I agree. I think Urban Meyer will, he, he's going to snatch up uh, any team that has been recruiting well, and either there's a coach that retires or, they're recruiting well, but they're underperforming. And he'll just instantly make the team a one-loss team or undefeated team. Playoff team, yeah. nonetheless, or at least playoff adjacent. You know what's so weird? Whatever, what the fuck ever happened? Like, Is Bo Pelini still at Youngstown? Who the I hell knows? He is? I believe he's, so, yeah. He's still at Youngstown State. Are we going to hate on Bo Pelini? 
No, I just I like I go back. I'm like, Bo Pelini, like the guy went eight and four for like eight years straight. Like how like with all these like, oh, you know, we go like, how do you not rehire Bo Pelini somewhere? That's like not a shit team. I don't know. Well, he looks like a Neanderthal. Yeah, that is a problem for him for sure. He did go four and seven this year. So, oh, he did. Yeah. So he's having a great year. Well, they made it. They made two years ago. They made it to the championship game, the the Penguins. Yeah. Reading this now, but I do think he probably deserves another shot. But I don't know if he's going to get it, especially with that like sort of baggage he carries. You think they're like two thousand eight? Bo Pelini goes nine and four. Two thousand nine, he's ten and four. Two thousand ten, he's ten and four. Two thousand twelve, he's ten and four. It's like a lot of good. At fucking Nebraska. Yeah, um, I, I mean, he's done a lot, but he's never really done a whole lot. Um, he the, the biggest win that he had was winning the Gator Bowl. Like that's it. Sounds cool, but he's zero and four in conference title games. Yeah, and yeah, the guy the guy's pretty average. It it seems like he's not going to be a good coach unless he has a talented team or a talented staff around him. Yeah, I just don't understand. I don't know. I go back like like with this whole Urban situation, thinking like like Urban like was able to be suspended for three games and then gets to retire in infamy. Not infamy. Is that the right word? In glory, while Trestle, for letting some people get tattoos, has to go be the AD at Youngstown State forever. Kind of an. I think Trestle wants to do that. Jim Trestle is the president of Youngstown State. That's his. That's the entire university. Three coach step before Ohio State, I think. Right. Yeah. That's like his home. Oh man, Youngstown sucks though. That's Maybe like, I've... Uh, the Akron to uh, LeBron. Cleveland. Um, you, yeah, you've been to Youngstown, right, Chris? I don't think I've ever been to Youngstown. It's it's trash. You don't want to go. It's like a it's like a worse Newcastle. Um, that's how I'd, that's what I'd call it. But I don't know. I think we're coming right up around that uh, hour mark plus thirty. Um, so uh, <laughs> you know. That's right where we usually like to cut these off. Um, if anyone else has anything pressing, speak now. Forever hold your peace. Otherwise, I'm going to sign this bitch off. Uh, what are we talking about? This uh, Norman guy. Who? What, what? What's the guy's name? Dan Herman? Dan Herman. Norman, I already forgot your damn name, buddy, but we hate you. Yeah. Uh I think uh, that's a good point. Uh, fuck off, Dan Herman. Um, I don't know if uh, if you're still fucking listening to this. I, you know, again, I don't really know what to tell you. I yeah. I would I'd honestly recommend therapy. Yeah, you know, John can put you a, put you up with some people in the government. He knows some yes. guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, we'll cut this off here, and uh, we'll be back next week. Um. You know, enjoy the Army Navy game and fuck off Dan Herman. Later, go Rangers. listeners. What? I said go Rangers. Oh. Yeah, go, go Rangers. <laughs> bye bye.